0: It's uh, time for Breaking it Eight. Well, we're doing something a little bit different for Breaking at Eight this morning, given that Australia goes to the polls tomorrow. We've decided uh, to hand over this segment to two of the most prominent voices uh, on either side of the debate and we we're, we're going to have a, a chat with them separately not because uh you know it's going to turn into some sort of slanging match they're both eminently civilized people but we thought that what we would do was start first uh giving one of the most prominent voices from the no campaign a chance to have a final say ahead of the vote and then after that we're going to talk to one of the most prominent voices of the, uh, the Yes campaign. Um, kicking off, though, with Senator Karen Little, uh, Liberal Senator for South Australia, who we've had on the show several times now. She's been a, a, a powerful advocate for a no vote from the get-go, and um, we uh, we have her on the line now. Um, Senator, good morning, and thank you so much for, for joining us. We're going to be having a, a chat after you to to Noel Pearson. Um, but I just wanted to, to start by asking, there's been a lot of... Um, argy bargy and too much name calling and uh, and so on. As someone who's been advocating a no vote uh, and doing it in a very you know subdued and thoughtful way, how have you found the process of sort of being thrust into the limelight by all of this?
1: Well, um, one of the things that I think has been important is when people are being asked to go uh, to a referendum on our nation's rule book. Um, emotion is not really part of the decision-making. We we need the facts. We need time to reflect on those facts. And so, for me, that's been a consistent way of operating. I don't believe that, um, you know, behaviour that attacks individuals for their position or even attacks individuals that uh, don't have a position is an appropriate way to um, to go about this.
0: So normally on the cusp of an election, be it a party political election or, or a referendum, um, the, 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 the polls these days are, are given so much weight and so much attention by the media and by people in, in politics. Are you convinced that the, that the no vote is travelling as well as the polls would suggest, or are you worried that there might be an element of complacency going into tomorrow?
1: Well... I mean, I've been out on the polling booths, and I've been out for a very long time talking to people. Um, people bump into me. Some people are surprised by the um, the position I have. I'm I'm not sure why, because um, I've taken the perspective of I'll deal with the facts. Um, the the one of the latest polls though that has come out that um, I was I was pleased to see because it has contradicted um, my experience uh, of talking to people on the ground, and that is. Their latest Resolve poll um, only this week has shown that only 41% of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people actually uh, agree with this, and that doesn't include people from remote communities. Um yeah, We've seen banners um, that have 80% on them. The Prime Minister talks about 80%. There's banners that say, or billboards that say 83%. Um, I understand that comes from a poll that was done uh, back in January, and one of those only asked a single question about The um, constitutional recognition part of this proposition, because Hmm. we are talking about two different things within the one question.
0: Well, so forty percent, eighty percent, at very least, near as half of Australia's indigenous population is is going to be disappointed if the polls are to be believed, um, and the no vote ultimately gets up. What's the responsibility of government and the population come Monday morning, Senator, in in the event that no gets up? And there's going to be a lot of people, Indigenous Australians, who feel probably hurt um, and and, and isolated as a result of of the outcome.
1: Well, certainly whatever the result is um, um, come Saturday night, um, I'll continue to push with my colleagues for where the action actually uh, hits the road, and that is uh, we've been asking for inquiries into uh, the funding that is already provided in this important area, Indigenous-specific funding, including money that goes to the states from the Commonwealth for health, education, employment and those really important issues. Um, You know, uh, there has to be a whole lot more work done on the accountability of everybody, everybody in that um, service supply chain. Um, To make sure that we do better, I think one of the things that has come out of this is a clear indication that um, all Australians want better outcomes. They just don't believe, I think the polls are showing, that this is the way to do it. And, and I certainly don't believe that. I think the quickest way to get the best outcomes is to call on accountability of the millions and millions of dollars, billions actually, not millions, that have gone out um, in Indigenous affairs and ask the questions that need to be asked about that money that goes out the door today and tomorrow How is it being spent for the
0: benefit of people the next day? Karen, as an Aboriginal Australian and someone who grew up in an extraordinary family where your parents really emphasised the need for education, you and all your siblings, and and, and the the, the importance of of work and looking at the diversity of your career in business and in, in journalism and so on, do you think that this whole process has been damaging or helpful for the lot? of Indigenous Australians?
1: Well, I think that's a a, a fairly um, um, lengthy um, thing to respond to. But, you know, a lot of this conversation is as if all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people have the same experiences, the same views, or at the same position in in life. You know, I disagree that people don't have a voice already. Um, There are so many people that talk to politicians um, that to pick bodies that talk to government that talk to agencies um i think uh, you know i look at the the incredible outcome from the coalition's um policy that uh, procurement policy that now sees indigenous businesses bringing in more than a billion dollars a year and and their revenue increasing more than 12 percent a year i mean that's extraordinary they employ more aboriginal people um, than anyone else there are sectors where there's a whole group of uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people employed and that's not within those sectors that provide for uh, Aboriginal service delivery. Um, there are fantastic, positive stories and I think, unfortunately, this has been couched as if everybody who is of one group of people needs the same outcome at the same time and at the same level and I just don't believe that's true. Mm. Um, I think... Making this about romantic notions about being on the right side of history um, is, is not the way to sell a proposition that actually is in two parts. I haven't met a person in all my travels that doesn't agree with the recognition of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Peoples in the Constitution, um, but they do disagree with voice. Mm. It's still not explained. We still see Minister Bernie coming out and saying um, in a video only um, I've seen this week, Um, this is actually all about a framework for treaties. Um, And yet the Prime Minister is still saying this has nothing to do with treaties. No wonder people are confused. No wonder people are upset because this has been couched as a good and bad. Um, You know, you're good if if you support this, you're bad if you don't. But this is about our constitution and this should never have been about good, bad or emotion.
0: Mm -hmm. Karen Little, thank you so much for joining us and uh, we'll probably uh, catch up again next week after the result. And, um, yeah, we'll say this to the yes people too, but um, good luck tomorrow and let's hope it all stays nice and civilised. Always a pleasure catching up with you, Senator Karen Little there.